This is the Command Your Brand podcast, where we talk to world changers, visionaries, and founders, people that are doing big things and changing this planet in a positive way. We're learning their stories, techniques, and exactly what you need to know so that you can do things in a big way. The time is now. Get ready to take command of your brand. What's up, everybody? Jeremy here. And guys, I'm very excited for the conversation we're going to have today. Because as you guys know, I love talking to athletes and I love talking to people that did it at a high level professionally. Our guest today was a pitcher in the Brewers organization, as well as being a two-time Ironman finisher and the founder of Complete Game Consulting. I'm really excited to dive into things today. Andy Neary, thanks for hanging out with me today, man. Awesome, Jeremy. I'm excited to be here. And I just got to tell you, hearing the two-time Ironman finisher burns me because I actually tried. I did it three times. Because oh, wow. I, I, okay, I did, well, sorry I about that, man. I didn't finish one of them. So it burns okay. me to hear okay. that, 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 that I'm a two-time. <laughs> well, you know what, man? So I've always been a competitive powerlifter my whole life, and, and I'm short and stocky, too. Like, I'm 5'6". So, like, I hear Ironman, and I'm like, yeah, no thanks. I'll go lift something heavy. Like, I run a mile every day, and that's about all you get out of me. <laughs> 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 I don't mess around with those guys, those CrossFitters and the powerlifters. No, I'm closing in on 40. I turned 36 last week. So it's like, but in my twenties, I was 40 pounds heavier. So I was like 215 at five foot six. I pulled an 80,000 pound army tank. I was, you know, deadlifting 700 pounds. Not anymore because when you have kids, you want to keep up with them. But running, man, I, I do a little bit every day because I've been following, what's his name? Nick Bear, I don't know if oh, you know Nick Bear is. I, one of my favorite guys to follow. Okay, I've been following him. I interviewed him three months ago, and he shamed me into starting running. So I've been doing that all year. I, um, <laughs> I he has he has all his workouts out on the app playbook. Mm-hmm. I've been doing his workouts for the last two and a half years. Wow. I love that. I want to dive into a little bit of like the baseball side of things first and foremost. And I'm curious, you know, what lessons did you learn, you know, being a uh, you know a pitcher in professional baseball? Because like it, it is you know, you and I were talking a little bit before we got started, like you're not a super tall guy, so it is different and it taxes your body differently. It's a different type of preparation. So what lessons did you learn from your baseball career? Yeah. A lot of people, when they hear my story, they think, wow, that must've been great. You know, how lucky it was that you got a chance to play pro baseball. But what they don't realize is, you know, this as an athlete, I didn't reach my full potential in pro baseball. And the lesson mm. I took away, unfortunately, was when all you're trying to do is fit in, you will never stand out and you will never reach your full potential. And when I got to pro baseball, all I was trying to do, Jeremy, was fit in because I had three fears, fear of judgment. And you are judged every day by scouts in pro ball, fear of comparison, Mm -hmm. because you're literally compared to your teammates via stats every single day. And then I had a fear of failure. I was a free agent. I wasn't a high draft pick. So I had that fear that every time I took the mound, I had it to be perfect because it's easy to cut a free agent. Mm. That's really interesting. So the thing I'm interested to find out then, Andy, like, like looking at that, then, you know, you mentioned, you know, you felt like you didn't reach your full potential, you know, playing professional baseball. I'm curious, like, then, like, what do you take with that lesson? And what do you do with that lesson? Right? Like, it's one thing to realize it, but it's another thing to take this and like, use it for something. You mentioned the three things that, you know, you learned about, like, 
being a free agent, these different things, but I'm really curious in life implementation where that took you. I'll tell you what, Jeremy, I'm 45 today. My last year in pro ball, I was 22. It still drives me today Mm. because the first 10 years of my insurance career, I spent 22 years in the insurance industry. The first 10, I still battled those issues. Fear of failure, fear of comparison, fear of judgment, just wanting to fit in. And I was terrible at selling insurance because of it. And today, growing my own business and helping others in the industry grow their business, what drives me every single day is that drive to reach not only my full potential, but helping insurance professionals do the same. Mm. You know, that's really interesting because I'm a big believer in adversity is actually a gift. Right. Like if you look at it, I'm going to use a football comparison here, but if you look at there's very few number one overall picks that make it. And you know why that is? Because every day of their life, they've been told they're the best. They've had natural talent and natural ability. But when you get to that level, everybody has natural talent, and natural ability. What matters is what's in here and what's up here. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that's I think it's a good gift. You know what I was thinking about? It's funny. I was thinking about this two nights ago, driving back from the airport. Yeah. LeBron James may retire at the end of the year, right? And there's always debates about Jordan is he was the greatest, still is Jordan better, right? But one <laughs> thing I will give LeBron James that I don't think anybody gives him credit enough for, mm-hmm. he came out of high school with possibly the most pressure a high school basketball player's ever had. Yes. And, and to some extent, he lived up to it. He's the all-time leading scorer, right? He lived mm-hmm. up to that pressure, and that's that point of when the expectations are high, are you stepping up to the plate and reaching your full potential? And so you're absolutely right. The number of first-round draft picks in baseball that never make it to the top is extraordinarily high. Well, and because you also have guy for the Braves, I think, this year that just blew out his elbow again the second time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because you also look at it like, you know, you could be the most talented, you could be the best, but your body may give up. Because I look at it, that's what happened with my dad in pro ball. Like, you know, had the mental aspect, he could play hard, but your body also gives out. So you also, and I think that's important also looking at your business career, right? Because, you know, we mentioned your Ironman and we mentioned your competition, like keeping yourself physically in good shape is also really going to help you in your drive as a person in business. Yeah, I agree. You know, when I was still advising, I was selling health insurance and my perspective on it was this. If I'm going to walk into a business and deliver the bad news that their health insurance rates are going up right? and I'm going to tell them the reason it's happening is because their employees are not healthy. I better be a beacon of health. (laughs) And that was one of my drives outside of the drive of trying to reach my full potential. One of the reasons I work out every day, Jeremy, is The only way I can help other people achieve their full potential is by constantly striving to reach my own. And Mm. I know hindsight is 2020. I've had this conversation with a lot of my friends and peers lately. I wish I could go back and play pro baseball knowing what I know now with the habits I have today. I think Mm -hmm. it would be a lot different, but it's because you learn as you go through life, right? You learn by failing. You learn, but early on in my career, I just wasn't willing to take those risks. And I would say today I'm a very different person. And that that drive to reach your full potential is something that something that gets me up every day at four thirty to just go out and get after it. Oof. Five five thirty is about all I can do, man. Four thirty <laughs> seems just a little bit early. But I'm I'm curious then for you then because you know you've you know mentioned you've had a long career in insurance. You've been very successful at it. You're helping a lot of other people to figure out how they can be successful at it. What was that thing that changed for you then? Like what was that thing that changed where you approached this and you're like, man, I'm just going to kill it? And you've great been doing question. That. 2014. Amy and I decided to move to Colorado. Amy's my girlfriend. 
And I'd been in the industry 13 years at that point. And so here we are, May of 2014, full circle. We're moving back to Wisconsin here in a few days. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. No shit. I'm a Packers fan, so no nice. shit, man. That's so cool. So <laughs> from Wisconsin nine, nine years ago. You and I are recording this on a Wednesday. We're moving back in three days. Oh, my gosh. But when I moved out here, I found myself in a market. Nobody knows who I am. Mm. And I said, I have a choice. I can continue being the person I've always been. Now, just trying to fit into a market, nobody knows who I am. Mm-hmm. Or I can use this as an opportunity to rewrite my future. And that's, that's what I, I was going to ask you. Like, is it a benefit? Because it's like, nobody knows who I am. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's actually a huge benefit in my opinion. I don't share this with many people, Jeremy, but this move we're about to make back in three days, there's a little fear in it. I won't lie because mm. Colorado changed me and it's where I built my brand. It's why I have the business I have today. Now that we're moving back to where we came from, there's that mm-hmm. fear of, I don't want to go back to that person. Mm. And that's all mindset, right? That's my choice. But, Absolutely. you know, as I look back on the nine years we've been here, that's, it's when I decided to say, you know what? I'm going all in on me. It's my chance mm-hmm. to literally create a new chapter because nobody knows me out here. Mm-hmm. And it's the only reason I'm sitting talking to you right now about my business and what we're doing to help the insurance industry. So let me ask you this then, because I think it is important, like you have that realization, then I guess like what things do you put in in place for yourself to make sure that doesn't happen, right? Like how does your approach change so you can, because, you you know, listen, people are listening to this, you know, maybe they've been an agent in one place for at one point in time, but you know, markets change, families change, the economy changed. We've seen that last two years, like people have had to, you know, move to Florida, move to Texas, move to different places. But at the same time, you want to keep doing what you're doing. So how do you maintain that person you are when you change that space? Habits. You know, I look at, I look at things, you'll get this as an athlete. Like I look at starting my day, just like the routine I had when I was starting on the mound. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had a, a game in college, if I was pitching in college, you know, I was a starter in college, my routine would start an hour before the game. And I had a, a certain ritual I went through, right? Because I knew once I took the mound and the bullpen to get ready, I was locked in. And I look at it the same way with business today. How do you start your day? What's my pregame routine to get ready? So I realized that, well, my habits are going to be the same in Wisconsin as they are here. I'm just changing geography. And so that's why it's that mental of, okay, I've got all the right habits locked in. Just keep incorporating the habits and you're Mm -hmm. going to keep getting the same results no matter where you live. Yeah. So let me ask you this then, because I think the thing that's interesting is if you kind of look at, you know, like I think insurance and some other industries, they haven't been quick to innovate. But I think the reason you've been successful is you've been very quick to innovate. So I'm curious for you how you've approached it, right? Because I feel like there are industries that move slow. I'm curious how you've approached it differently and how that's how, that, how that's helped you to win. Yeah, great question. I know not a lot of people aren't a fan with what I'm about to say. <laughs> One of the challenges in the insurance industry is we have a difficult time to looking at the future because we're very proud of the past. Mm. And I think the training in our industry is outdated. And I know I was trained. I'll give you a real quick example. Well, I sold life insurance in my 20s. So that's okay. where the viewpoint, that's where the viewpoint okay. from that okay. question comes from. Um, <laughs> I, was spe- I was speaking at a conference back in October. And I remember I looked to my left and I asked a gentleman sitting over by the wall, it had to be in his early 70s, how he got trained when he got in the business. And after he gave me his answer of, I was given a phone book, desk, and a plan to go door to door, I looked to a woman sitting in front of me who was probably 40 years younger than him. 
who's been in the industry three years, and I asked her the same question, she almost gave me the same answer. Wow. And that's our problem, is we're not training producers how to win today. And Mm. that's why my company, Complete Game Consulting, exists. It's what are you doing today to get your message in front of more people at once Mm -hmm. so people you can get more people to know you, like you, and trust her faster? Mm Mm-hmm. If you just think about this, Jeremy, it takes 18 calls today to reach one prospect, which means it takes 180 phone calls to reach 10. If wow. I can do that fast, one minute a call, which I can't, but let's say I can, that's three hours to reach 10 people. And that's really interesting because as I remember, I, I sold fraternal insurance for the Knights of Columbus. So it's like, it's a little bit different. It's not quite the same as your like standard insurance sales. But like we were told like, you're not making a hundred calls a day. You're not doing things right. And I'm like, not to be mean, man, that fucking sucks. I don't want to do a hundred <laughs> phone calls. Like I got good at yes. it because I did it and it's yes. benefited me now in my life because I, I could call anybody for anything. But like at the same time, like that seems like making every problem a nail. You know what I mean? hundred percent. And I don't tell people don't cold call. It's got to be part well, of your no, strategy. Well, no, it's a very important skill to learn. And if yes. I had anything, it is the single skill I would learn. But at the same time, there's got to be more productive ways. Here's how you can leverage it though, this in 2023. What I learned back in 2014, 15, when I moved here, is I learned what it meant to create exponential awareness. Mm -hmm. What can I do to get one message in front of a lot of people at one time? That's when I started using LinkedIn. I started Mm. public speaking. I started using email campaigns and webinars. It was just a way to get one message in front of a lot of people at once. Mm -hmm. At that time, I had a lot of peers saying, dude, what are you doing? We don't do this in this industry. But it worked. It got a lot of people to know me quickly, which brought a lot of the right prospects to me, which allowed me to go into a market where nobody knew who I was and grow a really nice book of business. And what I realized, didn't know it back then, but I know today, today it's a game of who knows you, not who who you know. 100%. And where that helps cold calling is if you build name recognition and now you pick up the phone, they're going to know who you are. To me, that's a lot more fun than calling people who have no clue who you are. A hundred percent. That's the biggest thing I talk about. Like, cause I think people don't understand like public relations, marketing and sales. Like to me, those are the three major components. If anything's not going well, like if you're not selling, you take a look at your marketing. If your marketing's not converting, then something's wrong with your PR, right? Because people should know you, like you and trust you. So your stuff actually converts. If it's not converting, you're just making it too damn hard for yourself, yep. man. Absolutely. So let me ask you this then, because I think a lot of insurance people, like they're working on a local level, right? Unless they're working with bigger companies or something like that. And they're like, well, you know, I don't know if I see the value in that. Like, should I be doing that locally? Like, who really cares? I guess, what would you, what would you tell somebody that has that viewpoint about it? You know, I was taught 22 years ago that the, the number one thing I should do as I got in the industry was grow gray hair, dye my hair gray so I look more trustworthy. And go join, get a membership at a country club, even though I can't afford it, and go eat lunch at the places the CEOs eat. Well, we don't do that as often as we used to anymore. And Mm -hmm. I'm holding my phone right now. This is today's country club. Yes. Where are people hanging out? They're hanging out on social media. Yes. And I'm not saying that's the only thing to do, but if you're in the B2B business, business to business, you need to be using a platform like LinkedIn to grow your business because that is where your prospects are hanging out. Mm -hmm. And I think in our industry... It's that pride of the past. People are bringing their personal bias to a platform like social media. I don't like social media. Yeah, there's a lot of toxicity in it. Yeah. But I got to be there to grow my business. So I guess like looking at that then, you know, like what things in terms of what you're creating then should you be concentrating most? Like what creates the most trust and what actually moves the most business forward? 
the number one. So we teach a strategy on LinkedIn. We call our LinkedIn diamond. And it helped us grow tremendously last year. We grew, not to brag, 75%, but it's because it was off the back of our LinkedIn strategy. Sure. One of the top things I can tell anybody looking to create content for social media is it must do two things. Create likability and credibility. Mm-hmm. You can't, and you can't have one without the other. Here's why. If I just create likability, so my content's all these personal stories to get to know me, your prospects will love you. They'll take meetings with you. They're never going to take you seriously enough to hire you. Mm, that's really, really, really important because I think there's some people that, and I think this is on LinkedIn especially, they can get into like really creating all this social content. But then they're like, you know, I don't, you know, how do I make money and how do I monetize it? And it's like, if you're asking that question, you're doing something wrong. And this is the response I get almost every time, Jeremy. But Andy, when I create like the educational stuff, it gets low engagement. All my personal stories get awesome engagement. I said, exactly. That is what that's going to happen. But it's your educational content that creates credibility. Mm. But you can't just have credibility alone because if you just create credibility, I know you're smart but I don't know if I like you. I don't know who you are. Yeah. So I'm not going to hire you either. And that's why you have to have both. So when we teach people how do you create content on platforms like LinkedIn and others, it's, are you creating content that gets people to know you and trust you? You do that through your stories. Mm-hmm. And are you educating them? Are you bringing them value to create that credibility? You got to have both. Mm. If you can create both, you are going to create activity opportunities with your content. You know, what's interesting too, is this, the past two weeks, I find that one of the hardest things can become with coming up with ideas for the right content. But then once you got the idea running with, it's pretty easy. So we've actually started to use, and I don't know if you guys are doing that. We started using chat GPT to actually just generate like a list of ideas. So we have things to write about. Cause I think that can be the number one log jam. Is is that something you've tried at all? hundred. When I saw chat GPT, again, of course, mainstream. So mainstream world said, oh, this is going to be used for negative, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It eliminated every excuse anybody could ever have from creating content. Mm-hmm. We help. I'll give you an example, Jeremy. We actually help yeah. some clients write emails from time to time. The fact I can go into ChatGPT and say, write me an email about why your health insurance or costs, are, costs are going up and write the email to a CFO who's frustrated and is curious why her costs continue to go up because she wants to do something good for employees. The fact I could put all that in there and say, send and have it write that email or create that social media post. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And so it eliminated, in my opinion, if anybody ha- tells me they don't have time to create content, ChatGPT eliminated that argument. So let me ask you this then, you know, looking at the, your career in insurance and looking at, you know, the breadth of time you spent on it, what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned that you wish you could get a new agent to pick up? You got to grab more attention. Mm-hmm. don't be afraid of what people are going to say. Don't be afraid of what people are going to do. Just lean into sharing your message far, fast, and wide. Mm-hmm. And here's what I realized, Jeremy, This, and I share this at the end of my keynote talks. It was my own epiphany. When I built my own brand, I didn't know if anybody was listening. There were times I didn't know if anybody was watching or care. There were times I was asking myself, why the hell am I doing this? And I had a lot of people tell me I was selfish. What I've come to learn is building a brand is actually selfless. Here's why. Yes, it grows your business, but it also impacts others. Mm. Your content impacts others, and you don't Mm -hmm. know what day, what time it hits somebody at the right time. 
Yes, that could be your prospect who ends up hiring you. But I'll get share a real quick story to, to drive this point home. Two years ago, I got on a call with a friend, a peer of mine in the industry. This was right after COVID. He had gone through a bad divorce right before the pandemic. And he basically jumped on, was jump, wanting to jump on a Zoom call because he wanted to let me know that he had a very rough two-year patch to the point where he had moments of saying, is this even worth moving on? Wow. And he said, Andy, I got to tell you, man, your content kept me going. Wow. And I just wanted to thank you for keeping me here. That's incredible because it I makes you realize floored, it's selfish to not do it. You know what that, I mean? And that's when it hit me. As I said, this isn't a selfish act. It's selfish to build a brand because the greater impact you have on others, mm-hmm. the greater impact you will have on your business. Yes. It's almost at that moment I said, it's an obligation to build a brand. Yes. And I want more people to understand that. And I think that's what it comes down to because I think so often people are, can, are, are stuck on, they're stuck on the webinar model, right? Like this many people attended, this many people opted in, this many people bought my product. When they're not looking at, how many people did I help? How many people did those people help? Because you're going to find that people you didn't even directly work with find out about you from people that you have helped and inspired. That's what it's all about, man. I agree. And I think the formula I use is patience plus persistency equals profit. If you're willing to be patient, because building a brand is, does not create overnight success, and you're persistent with it, consistent with it, it's going to lead to profit. And, yes. and that's what I want. I'm trying to encourage more people to do. And I'll tell you, those our clients that are doing it. Not only are they having fun building brand recognition, not only is it creating business opportunities they didn't have anymore. We just had, I want to share this, Jeremy. We just had a, yeah. a broker last two weeks ago now win a million dollar commission account. Wow. Because he's putting himself out there every day on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. It changes lives. Yes. And there's not one person that's doing this that we work with that has not seen a change, not only in their business, a change in their life. But you know, the thing I want to point out that is important is just how you're communicating that for every person out there listening. You have to have that type of conviction in what you're selling. Do you get what I'm saying? Like you believe so much in what you're doing for people that it's an ethical responsibility for you. And if you don't have that, you're not going to do what you have to do to sell your product. Am I right? It, well, it actually comes back to the question you just asked about what's the one thing you want to, you would tell younger advisors, not almost very, very few people, almost nobody got in the insurance industry by design, Jeremy, right? You were yeah. probably told you should go sell life insurance. It's a great way to make money. Well, here's what happened to me. They're like, Oh, you're a former athlete. Go yes, for it. Yes, former go, athletes yes, are good yes. at selling insurance. There's a ton of athletes <laughs> in this industry, right? But none of us got in it by design. Yeah. We were sold the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. We were so, hey, you stick around long enough, you're going to make good money. You can play golf yeah. three days a week. Well, that lends to people putting paycheck over purpose. Yes. You want to have fun with this thing, find your purpose. And honestly, if it's not selling insurance, get out. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But the people, the, the ones that have that passion for impacting others, there is nothing that will change your business and your life more than building that brand recognition. I promise you. Yes. And I think something to think about that too is when you build brand, you know, whether it's, you know, you're selling insurance now or whether you're writing a book later on, you can put your brand behind that next project you do if there is a next project. And that's what legacy looks like. And I think that's the thing to really consider. Creating a brand is building legacy. Yes. It's the only reason Complete Game Consulting exists, Jeremy. It took me 41 years to become an entrepreneur, (laughs) but I would not have been able to build this company if I had not established brand recognition already. Yes. 
Amazing. Well, Andy, I've really enjoyed this conversation, man. We want to, we want a lot, a lot of cool directions for people listening. If they want to connect with you, find out more about you, or maybe they're interested in working with you. How are they going to connect with you, man? Number one, hit me up on LinkedIn. That's uh, this platform where I'm hanging out the most. Um, two, check out our website, completegameconsulting.com. And three, if they want, I can guide them to, we, if they go to completegameplaybook.com, they can grab, I've got a nice pre-recorded webinar of our entire Complete Game Marketing Playbook. If they want to get a copy of that, that's completegameplaybook.com. They can download it. Very cool. Andy Neary, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. You bet. Thanks, Jeremy. 